I discovered which words my mother could hear or not hear when I was eight years old. We were spending the summer at a bungalow colony in the Catskill Mountains. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins, grandparents, great aunts, great uncles, the whole mishpuka. My mother was washing dishes in our tiny bungalow when I burst in screaming, Ma, Grandma fell down the front steps. I think she's dead. I didn't think she heard me. Ma, her arm is pointing in a crazy way. She just looked at me like I wasn't there, like I was invisible. Instead of her running out and slamming the screen door to check on my Grandma Rose, sprawled on the ground outside, my mother slowly wiped her sudsy hands, put them over her ears, and simply said, I can't hear you. Then she started to quietly hum to herself. I stared for a moment, confused. Even to an eight-year-old, this wasn't normal. I quickly took off running, trying to find my aunt, or anybody's aunt. My, me my mother's message was clear. If she decided she didn't hear it, it didn't happen. If she didn't know my grandmother broke her arm, my grandmother didn't break her arm. I was 16 years old when I found out I was pregnant. I was scared and needed my mother's help. But when I told her, she responded as always, hands over ears. My father took me for an illegal abortion in New Jersey. My mother watched from the windows we drove off. Walking up the dirty steps of the tenement, I was terrified, all alone. My mother's wedding ring hanging loosely on my finger, trying to pretend I was married. The abortionist looked at the ring, looked at me, and laughed as he took my college money. When I got home that evening, bleeding and in pain, of course my mother didn't mention the abortion. Instead, she had the kitchen table set for a party. Festive, brightly colored hats, horns, as if for a child's birthday. When my mother looked at me, all she saw was a little girl, her little girl, who won beauty contests in the Catskills. She just wanted me to be what she called her diamond, her lucky charm. But the de that day, I was a 16-year-old girl who just had a back alley abortion. But if my mother didn't hear about it, it didn't happen. So we never mentioned it again. 30 years later, I'm in my kitchen in Santa Monica, a wife and a mother myself, when the phone rings. I'm making breakfast pancakes in the shape of dinosaurs. I'm finishing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the shape of dog bones. I'm rushing around as my children argue about who should sit in what dining room chair, a fight that has continued into their adult years. <laughs> it was my mother's doctor. She said, I just admitted your mother to the hospital. It's her heart. You should probably get over here. Your mother has maybe two weeks to live. I too would have loved to cover my ears and start to hum. Instead, I sat by my mother's bed, day after day, knitting a white blanket, a blanket I threw away after it was completed. My mother and I talked about the other patients who never had any visitors, the awful food, how angry we were at that one nurse who said I looked like Barbara Streisand. <laughs> As we talked and I knitted, I knew the days were going by quickly. I knew my mother was dying. I saw the color of her skin, how her body was shrinking, her breath getting shallower, 
but we never mentioned what was happening to her. The doctor never told her. Apparently, he felt that wasn't his job. I agonized about telling her that she was dying. What was the right thing to do? My mother had been a great beauty, a dazzling, dimpled smile, an infectious laugh, and she heard what she wanted to hear. When doctors told her to lose weight, to stop eating so much, she'd sneak into her kitchen at 3 in the morning, hiding, to quietly stand in the dark, nibbling Ebinger's blackout cake and salty potato chips. When doctors told her to have an angiogram, somehow she just forgot about it. When doctors told her to stop smoking, she just bought another pack of Salem lights. I was so mad that she never listened, that she chose what she wanted to hear. But now, is this different? Should I tell her she's dying? Would she hear me? Is it kind or is it cruel? Should I tell her she will never know what happens to her grandchildren, what they're going to do when they grow up, who they'll marry, if their lives will be comedies or tragedies? Should I tell her she won't be playing poker anymore, won't know what next year's Mahjong card will be, she won't be yelling at my father about the right way to cut up a chicken. She won't be sitting in her favorite chair, arms resting on the windowsill, keeping an eye on the neighborhood. I would want to know if I only had days left to live. I would want to curl in my husband's arms one last time, tell my children how much I loved them, how much better my life was because of them. I would want to hug my grandchildren smell their sweet scent one more time. I would want to say goodbye. I was feeding her a soft-boiled egg. The smell of it was sickening. I gagged as I slowly spooned it into her mouth. Suddenly, she looked up at me, and to my surprise, she said, I'm not going to die, am I? I'm going home, right? I'm going to be fine, right? You've always been my diamond, my lucky charm. I'm not going to die, right? So this was my moment. Should I take that last bit of hope, that last bit of magical thinking away from her? I studied her wrinkled, worn, but still pretty face. And I said, of course you're not going to die. I'm your lucky charm. Don't talk like that and I put another spoonful of egg in her mouth. My mother died two days later, and the last thing I ever said to her was a lie. But maybe, sometimes a lie is the kinder thing. I told her what she could hear, and I kept the rest to myself. You're gonna be fine, I said, and I hope she is. <laughs>